Oh, Traveler, welcome. You're the last one to arrive. Looks like everybody's already sitting down, so why don't you hurry on over there and hear this story? Welcome, Traveler. I've been awaiting your arrival. I've only sung seven sea shanties while waiting. I don't know what took you so long. This is a pretty big deal today. Today, not only is a wonderful day as all the heroes will be meeting up together, but the boat is finally repaired, and Mom sent me this I'm sorry card that was actually quite adorable. He's the man who broke the boat, you see. A golem that was turned into a person and, well, He's a little clumsy, but now I get to go back home and see my family, and I'm so excited. So let me tell you the tale today, of how all the heroes come together as one. Not like Voltron, but you know, like teaming up together to stop evil, kind of like Voltron, but they don't stand on each other. I give you the Ballad of the Chosen Few, the beginning. Hey, my name's Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger, and he is first level. Hi, my name is Humberto. I'm playing uh, Borodon, the Dwarf Cleric, level 1. Hi, uh, my name is Brent. I am playing Kalsar, the level 1 Paladin Tiefling. I'm Evan. I'm playing Ronnie, the Half Elf Bard. The sensation that you're falling carries on as your vision begins to come back to you. You see a world, a bright blue orb floating in the inky blackness of space. A moon floats around it, followed by a trail of asteroids as the land masses begin to gain definition on the planet. Your vision is focused on a ship, sailing through the void towards this planet. It looks similar to that of an ordinary ship, but with a few key differences. The sails seem to be made out of a strange greenish light and there are large wings jutting from either side. You begin to come closer to it and see a number of creatures, 13 to be exact, running about on the deck. Flames begin erupting around the ship as it enters the atmosphere and it appears that something is wrong as the main sail begins to flicker. As you get closer you see these figures are in fact a lithid. These otherworldly creatures are panicking on the ship, their tentacles flinging to and fro as they appear to be looking for something. You watch as the ship descends onto this world and explodes into a mass of flames hurtling towards the land. Your vision shifts again. This time you see a middle-aged dwarf woman riding on a massive albino boar, leaping from rooftop to rooftop in this medieval-looking city. A young elven woman joins her, followed by what can only be described as a seven-foot man made of mithril with a very box-like body. They nod at one another as they pass by, leaping from roof to roof, sometimes flashing into and out of existence. Behind them you see men and women in dark brown robes, all of them missing their eyes, and instead of arms they have these long tentacles latching onto anything to keep their balance. Wide grins decorate their face, and a medallion, a sunburst with a set of smiling teeth, hangs around their neck. The young woman turns around and pulls out a wand, sending a fireball their way. The dwarven woman quickly opens up a portal and the four of them flee through it. Your vision shifts one last time onto a walled town surrounded by farms and rocky terrain. A band of knights ride into the town through an open gate with two unconscious people draped over a horse. One, a young woman with long brown hair and a nasty looking head wound wearing a shield on her back with the sigil of the knights of the silver shield. The other, a mountain of a man with a battered face wearing the vestments of a high ranking member of the same order. They ride into the city as the gates close behind them. 
Just before the bridge is raised, you see in the distance giants running towards the city, grotesque and deformed. Multiple limbs, tumors, and faces that have their parts completely rearranged. They slam into the bottom of the bridge as it finishes raising and fall into the moat surrounding the town. Suddenly, a flash of light blinds you as you all fall into piles of hay. You see one another and finally you're laying in what appears to be an abandoned barn. Old boards seem to have been added to the wooden structure to keep it from falling in on itself and rusty farm implements have just been strewn about as if someone left in a rush. You can hear the dull thud of rain on the rooftops and only light that you actually get to see comes from a few broken windows that flash when the lightning flares up. Describe for one another what they see when they look at you. Okay, so um, MZ is about 6'2", and he's very gaunt. He almost looks like a skeleton wrapped in flesh, and he is very um, sort of yellowy and greeny tones in his skin. His jet black hair. He is wearing scale mail, and he um, his armor is very finely crafted with little little gems and cool little designs on it. Whoever made it really cared about what they were doing. He has brown eyes and he has fingernails that are just a little bit longer than normal and they're jet black as well. And he has uh, two swords on him. One is a short sword and the other is a long sword. And again, they're very finely crafted webs. Well, I'm basically wearing what I was wearing before being executed which was a regular royal gown. Since I was in jail before being killed, I don't have any weapons with me. So it's basically like a regular dwarf with golden arms and like a more exquisite gown. It's like a, a long robe and with like the sigil of Moraine in the middle. So it's all white and a blue stripe right in the middle. My character is a paladin of the Silver Shield. He's a tiefling race, but not like his other kin. has shorter horns than his regular kin. With long silver hair. And physically solid features. No scars or anything. He has pale blue eyes and a tail. Uh, kind of like a ropey kind of tail. There's a chainmail armor with elegant shield from his order, as well as an elegant longsword from his order. So Runny is... Pretty short. He has a black pompadour. His eyes are kind of turning yellow from jaundice. He's kind of dressed up in a new sequin jumpsuit he had put on for this talk show he was going on before being transported here. Before doing that, he had also hidden some chainmail under that sequin jumpsuit, and I believe he had a dagger hidden on him as well. So you guys have a few minutes while you're in here. What do you do? Your sensations start coming back to you, your vision begins to clear, the ringing starts to leave your ears, and your limbs begin to gain strength once more. You can all clearly see you have one thing in common. On your left hand, you all have the same symbol that each of you were given by that strange figure. I remember from my adventure when I was talking to the truth, he told me what I was going to find. Would this look like a cast out dwarf and a fallen hero and a musician past his prime? Well, you definitely recognize the dwarf. He's sitting in a pile of hay. As for the other two, that will be up to Enzi to decide if they look along those lines. I'm pretty sure no other character has seen a sequin jumpsuit. Where am I? This makes sense. He's killed. I shouldn't be here. What is going on? Who are you people? 
I don't know, I was just almost, like, I, I think I was killed as well. Like I was executed by my own family. I don't know, I was supposed to be dead. That's, that's just what I can say. How did you die? Like I said, I was executed, I was like on a guillotine. Nasty stuff. Okay, I had my chest torn open, my heart ripped out. Well, yours is way worse. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense. No, it clearly does not. But as it doesn't make any sense, like this tendril thing on our left hand. Yeah, notice that as well. Do you have any idea what that is? No idea. So, well, let me introduce myself. My name is Borden. As you can see, I'm on I'm... Well, I don't know where, where we are at now, but I'm from... On rain, and I'm a prince. There, here I'm probably just a dwarf with golden arms, but I was supposed to be a prince, and my whole kingdom dead, probably. Hopefully not. What about you? You have my sympathy, Borodon. It is nice to meet you. I am Kalsar of the Silver Shield, training with my order to for a great event that was coming up. Suddenly, we were attacked by these monstrosities slaughtering all of my kin, all my friends, left and right. Yeah, my reign was overran by undeads. I mean, maybe. I really hope not. Really. Both my friends are safe, too. And what about you guys? My name is uh, Ronnie. You might have seen me on the TV. <laughs> kind of a big deal, you know. T-what? What does T-B? T-shirt? I have no idea. Oh, a couple of hicks out here. Well, uh, let me find my piano and I'll show you guys what I'll know about. Lucas, did my stuff come through the portal or can I take a look for my bag of whatever? One thing that actually happens to you, Ronnie, as you reach out and try to search around for your sweet Casio keyboard, you feel your left hand begin to throb. You see dirt, wood, hay, all coming together to form this keyboard set up right in front of you. Sweet, I'm going to jam out on my keyboard then. So he's jamming out, and it's a sound that none of you have heard before. MZ, what are you doing? Well, everybody's talking, and he whips out his instrument there. I actually don't understand anything that anyone is saying. I don't speak common. Oh, one thing you notice, you are hearing what they're saying. Sorry, I forgot your character doesn't speak common. At first, it's a little slow what they're saying, but the more you hear it, the more your brain starts processing it, breaking it down, and you can understand more and more of what they're saying as time goes on. I wish learning a new language was just like that. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, this is only for common. Don't go expecting this for every other language you encounter. <laughs> Damn it. I guess I'll like the, the sound of the music. It's different, right? Never heard anything like that before. It's very different. This is nothing I've ever heard before. It's lovely, but this is technology I've, I've never seen before. can even comprehend. I've seen organs before, but they were huge. But yeah, the sound is, I don't know, sounds a little mechanic. I don't know. Maybe electronical? The barn door suddenly opens up and you see two cloaked figures wielding lanterns walk in and you see a third wielding a crossbow waiting outside. The two figures pull off their hoods and you see that they're both elves, a man and a woman, with strange facial tattoos. 
The woman throws down a leather wrapped bundle and you see swords, maces, axes, all sorts of things just fall into the ground. The man looks towards Ronnie and says, What the hell? You're playing some kind of instrument? Those creatures that chased you are going to come back here any minute. I don't have much time to explain, but we have seconds before another one of those portals opens up. He holds up his left hand, and you see that he has the same symbol as you, though. There's key differences here and there. And he draws a longsword and faces towards the back wall of the barn. Who are you guys? My name is Erlin, and this is my sister Leona. Outside it's Garlux, and he'll be watching our backs. Arm yourselves. Everyone, get ready. Will do. What do each of you do in basically these next ten seconds? Look in front of the two cloaked figures. Okay. I'll grab a dwarven warhammer and uh, whatever like armor. There's no armor on the ground, just some weapons. No armor. I'm nude. Oh no. So uh, we don't have our weapons on us. Yeah, if you had weapons on you when you died, or you had armor on you when you died, then you'll have it now. But he was executed in just his real garb, so he doesn't have anything. Oh right. I I take out both my blades then. MZ. Similar to Ronnie, when you go to reach for something that you were looking for, your left palm splits open from the base of your middle finger all the way down to the bottom of your palm, and it rips open and blood starts flowing out to form the weapon that you... That's scary. Just look very, very shocked. Ronnie, what are you doing? I imagine you're still just jamming out on your sweet keyboard while this is happening? Uh, yeah, no one stops me mid-performance. Uh... So I'm just going. I still have my dagger on me, so I'll just I'll use that for now. Alright, this is not the time for your minstrel music. I need everyone to make initiative checks. Sixteen. Nine. <laughs> Four. Got a two. I don't know what the modifier on that would be, but it probably doesn't matter. It's dexterity. You all start drawing your weapons. Ronnie is still jamming out because he refuses to stop, and Kalsar pulls up his shield. Suddenly in front of you portal starts to form. And it doesn't form like how some of you might know. Whenever you've seen those circular portals, if you're knowledgeable in magic, what actually happens is cracks start to form in the air, and it slowly starts getting ripped open a little bit at a time until suddenly it breaks open, and there's a large, dark tunnel leading out some strange darkness that even your dark vision can't pierce. Suddenly, these creatures start pouring out. These creatures appear to have a snake-like lower body, and their arms are these long tentacles, and their clothes are all torn up on what remains of their humanoid torso. Their face is stuck in this melted-out screen with hollowed-out eyes. Six of them slither out of the portal towards you, and we lead off with Kelsar. I'm going to attack one of, the, one of the monstrosities. 17. Yeah, you hit. So you rush right up to this creature and you cut right across his chest. And the contents of his chest just spill out all over the ground as his body collapses and the yellow ichor coats your blade. The man, Erlin, rushes forward with two of his blades and he swings at one of these creatures. You see it topple down as he swings one of his blades through the tentacle that it held up to defend itself and stabs his other blade into its chest, kicking it off. And Leona puts her hands together. She begins to mutter to herself as this fear starts glowing in her hands, and she pushes her hands forward as it pierces through the chest of one of these creatures and it topples to the ground. Sorry, MZ, you're supposed to go first. I messed that up. I will uh, go to attack the closest one. 
17 altogether. Perfect, that's a hit. Three points of damage. So your blade just glances off this creature. It just manages to get out of the way, but you still manage to get a pretty good slice on it. And it makes this strange, distant moaning sound. Even though this creature is right in front of you and you just cut it, it sounds like it's leagues away from you. And it goes from you to these creatures, and the creature in front of you goes to swing its tentacle, whipping it at your face, but it swings and misses and falls forward a little bit, just managing to catch itself at this other tentacle. Another one of them slithers towards Kalsar as two break off and they slither towards Erlin, hissing and moaning at him. Kalsar, one of these creatures comes up to you and it swings, but you just manage to deflect it with your shield. As you look over to the elf who joined you in combat, you see that this creature goes to swing at him and he managed to gracefully dodge out of the way, but unfortunately, it puts him in the position that's perfect for the other creature to the side of him. You see this creature slam its tentacle into his side with this audible snap you can feel one of his ribs crack, and he cries out in pain and tries to keep himself standing. You see sweat begin to form on his brow, and it goes to Borodon. Are they close enough for me just to hit them with my Dwarden Warrex? Definitely, you could walk right up to them. Okay, so that's what I'll do. So there's two at Erlin, there's one at MZ, and there's one at Kelsar. I'll fight the one that's fighting against the elf. Okay. So, which one seems to be, like, the most battered? They both appear about the same. They've been relatively unhit. Okay. So, I'll just hit the one closest to me. 15. That's a hit. So, I got 9. You feel this surge of energy as you swing your warhammer gliding through the air. You feel these ridges begin to form on your golden arms. You look down and see these spikes are shooting upwards towards you and you feel this power flowing from your left hand. As you bring the warhammer down and connect with this creature's head, you feel this additional surge go through you and you shove this creature's head into its chest cavity as it collapses down to the ground. <laughs> so it's dead, right? <laughs> Holy shit. And from Borodon, it goes to Ronnie. So, Ronnie, you see all this, and you're still jamming out. Uh, you know, they're driving away my audience, so I gotta do something <laughs> about that. <laughs> you attack the one in front of MZ. Okay. The uh, dagger. I'm trying to hit. Oh, that's a hit. So, for damage, would be two. So, you go, and you cut the one in front of MZ, just as it was leaning forward and trying to get another hit on him. And as you have your blade inside this creature and you pull it back, you see there's this strange yellowish ichor all over it. And the creature just topples to the ground. So as you stand fairly triumphant over these few that you've killed, you see that there are tons more trying to pour out of this portal. There are hundreds and hundreds as far as you can see climbing on the ceiling, the ground, everything. The two elves look towards you and you hear Leona shout, You need to leave here now. Just... Follow Garlitz, we'll take care of this portal. We'll be fine, we're used to taking care of these things. Can't leave you behind. We are far more skilled to combat than you people are. You are new to this and new to this world. Follow that half-orc outside. Very well. Let's go, everyone. Okay. Do you all follow the half-orc? He's just standing outside. We're far too outnumbered. It would be suicide to go up against all of them. Because uh, we use it to fight orcs back home. And we never actually got to befriend them a lot. I go, but I'm always like watching to see if he's going to do something odd. For sure. And Ronnie and Enzi, what about you guys? Yeah. Well, I don't think I have much of a choice, so. 
So as you all head out of this barn, you take a quick look behind you and you see more and more of these creatures are just flooding out of this portal. There seems to be rather large, unique versions of these creatures that are also coming out of this portal. You see there's one with stone-like skin and two large clawed arms that just starts lurching and pulling itself out. You see another one with this engorged head, sharp teeth, and numerous eyes all over it. And it seems to just slam its head down into the ground and then pull itself forward to progress. And the two elves, they're taking these things out with efficiency, cutting down one after another. As you step out, the rain washes over you and you feel this yellowish ichor and blood all coming off. Garlix turns towards you. Alright, that's opening up to a nest. We need to get the hell out of here. Those elves will take care of that. Let's go! And as the lightning flashes once more, you look and see that it appears that you're at this old farmstead. A lot of it's been abandoned. This forest leads out surrounding it entirely, and you see Garlix just hit a dead run as he heads towards the forest. I will chase after him. Let's go. Yeah, I think we're all running. I'm already going, so... Ronnie, as you move away from your keyboard, you notice that it just collapses down into its base components, and you feel that if you wanted it again, you could just think about it and it would form up once more. So as you guys begin running through the rain and heading into the forest, a lot of the trees seem to have overgrown this shabby path that Garlix is leading you down. You're stumbling over roots, you're tripping over branches, and you're just trying to make it as fast as you can. And I need everyone to make me athletic checks. Would you accept acrobatic? Yes. 16 plus 2, 18. <laughs> I got 17 altogether. Yeah, I got eight. I got a one. Kalsar and MZ, you guys are running and you're keeping at a good pace. Ordon, the moment you start, you're almost winded right away. You're not used to doing combat and athletics. And Ronnie, the moment that you take that first step, your foot catches on a root and you just slam face first down in that mud. Can I go help Ronnie? I'll probably be closer. I don't need your damn help. Ronnie, you tripped over nothing, okay? We ha- and we don't have time to screw around. We have to go now. All right, but only this once. So Ronnie, you get help back up, and you guys all start just running again, trying to catch up. And MZ, you're managing to keep Garlics in sight, no problem. And you other three are just now following MZ, as you can't see Garlics. And as you're running through these game trails, Garlics is twisting and turning through all these weird paths, and you almost lose him a few times. And you look around, and you swear you're seeing things jump from tree to tree to tree. And suddenly, you hear this loud boom. This bright blue light suddenly lights up everything. You can see the trees, you can see fallen debris, you can see the creek just in front of you that you need to cross. You look over and see everyone's face as Garlix is turned back with a panic-stricken look. Suddenly, this light starts to fade and this wind just buffets at your back. Debris, branches, leaves, rain, all are flying past you. Garlic turns back towards you. We need to go. We need to go now. And he just starts running towards the woods. When everything was lit up, was there things in the shadow following us? Or Make me a perception check. Eleven. You think you might have seen the shadowy figure of something, but whatever it was just quickly ran up the tree. Okay. I keep running then, as hard as I can. I need everyone to make me one last check. Ah, uh, seven. Thirteen, 
I assume I have plus one. Okay, so. Say 14. 11. Uh, I got 21 altogether. MZ, you're actually keeping pace with Garlics now. You're damn near running beside him. Kelsar and Ronnie, you guys are keeping a pretty good pace. You're trying not to fall too far behind. And Borodon, when you were running, you got that wheezing going on. You know when you were in the high school and they got you to run the <laughs> yeah. mile and you were just dying as you were going across? That's what everyone can hear coming from you right now. And as you guys are running through the woods, it feels like you are stumbling over every little mound, every rock, every branch, but you're getting through here and the panic is racing through your hearts. You come into this clearing and you see there is this small cabin. It's not big by any standards. It has its normal four log walls, it has a thatched roof, and two tiny windows in the front with this warm, inviting light. You see Garlic just race right up to this cabin, slam the door open, and then start ushering you guys inwards. Yep, get in there. Go, 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 go! Yeah, I mean, again, I'll just be a little bit careful. Yeah, so you're trying to cautiously go in there while also trying to catch your breath at the same time. Arden, there's no time. I'm trying here, Gelsar. <laughs> I'm really trying. <sighs> you need help. Well, what? Are you going to make my legs, like, longer? If not, no. Hurt my feelings. So as you get in, Garlic quickly shuts the door and locks it. He goes and stands in the middle of the cabin and chants a few words and closes his eyes. You feel this thrum of energy just go through all of you as this little light flashes over the cabin and then he looks back up at all of you. There. That should keep those things out. What did you just do? Why? Is it like a what a is it like a magic cabin or something? Well, we have a ward placed over this area and it keeps whatever the hell those things are out. Okay. I've never seen anything like that before. Those were people, probably from some of the fallen worlds. I'm guessing you're not from here. We're now in Faerun. And what's that? Faerun? It's some backwater planet without any technology. I got brought into this world as well. Anyone with these symbols on our left hand has been brought here from a different place, and we're brought into this war to fight those things and whatever the hell is leading them. Well, if they seem endless, and it's probably like a lot less of us, you know, compared to finite other creatures... So how are we supposed to win anything? Well, there are hundreds of us, and we're actually doing quite well. I know there seems to be, like, infinite of these creatures, but there is a set number, and we already taken out two out of three of their strongholds. This war is, is coming to a close. We haven't even received reinforcements for, like, a year. The Oracles, a group of us that can divine things, they told us that you guys were showing up, and we had to rush to get over here because we've been so out of practice. Yeah, what are the oracle, or oracle? What are you talking about, the oracle? Okay, so there's going to be a lot that you guys don't know, but just do your best to keep up. So, every one of us, we've been drawn to this world. Generally, it's pretty nonchalant. You eventually find the symbol on your hand, you go to bed, you wake up, you're in this world. That's basically how it goes. The hunters... They're the group that goes out and they locate these people who've been brought to this world and bring them back and get them ready for the war. The Oracles are a group of us that can divine, they use magics, they have special abilities to see into the enemy, and they also have research departments to figure out just how these creatures tick. 
And there's also the bulk of our army called the Valkyries Chosen. They're the ones who go and they do a lot of the warfare, taking down these enemy bases. And a lot of the natives of the world have actually joined into the Valkyries Chosen. Who is the truth? The what? I don't know what you're talking about. Is that someone from your world? I remember it as well. Truth. Did did all of us experience that? Meeting this entity? Mm, no. I mean, there was like a very awkward thing that gave me this, this thing on my hand, but he couldn't explain a lot before his head just blown up. So I don't know what you guys are talking about as well. I've been uh, drinking pretty heavily. A lot of things are kind of blurry. How about the ghoulish one? Oh, you mean Father Matthews. Yeah, he's here. From what we've gathered, he's the second-in-command of the enemy army. Shows up from time to time, obliterates forces. How do you know about him? I just heard the name. Well, you'll recognize him. He has this skin that looks like it's stretched too tight over his body. Yellow eyes. He has this grisly gray beard and wears these shabby robes. And he has the ability to just rip people apart as if they were toys. Wait a minute. I remember him. What? I remember fighting him. He killed so many of my, my teachers and people that I cared about. He went to your world? Yes. And you, um, sorry I don't know your name, Githyanki. He went to your world as well? I think so. My friend had a little white stone. And he accepted some gift, and I think... Yeah, it was a stone. I have that same stone. You have the stone, and I pull out my sword. Wait, 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 wait. What are we doing here? Well, we're just waiting for daybreak while these guys over here are fighting. No, no, but why did he pull the sword? That's what I'm saying. I don't know, something about a white stone? Ah, uh, okay. I, I meant to say that I had the stone. It's no longer in my possession. I sheathed my sword. <laughs> so if we say stone, you'll pull your sword? And if we say no so yeah, <laughs> no stone. Wait, so who the hell are you guys? Two of you were hunted down by the ghoulish one, Matthews. Wait, were you other two also hunted down by Matthews? No, I think my problem was with a crazy demon-like diplomat. Like she wasn't actually demon-like, but she was demon-touched or something. She was human, but with yellow eyes, quite strong, sort of make, make hell broke loose uh, on my kingdom. Very strong. Wait, was her name Dorum? I think so. I mean, I can't remember because I just got killed, you know, like maybe an hour ago. So things are a little bit hazy. Wait, you got killed? Yeah, yeah. Did all of you get killed? Yes. Uh, yeah. What does this mean? What the fuck? Who are you people? Man, they must have really wanted you. The rest of us, we got these symbols and it was peaceful. We went to bed and we woke up here. No one has shown up like this and no one has been hunted down by the ghoulish one or the, if it is who I think it is, no one's been hunted down by Dorum. She's the leader of the enemy army. Okay. If these two are opening portals to other worlds, that no one is safe. That's the thing. That's what we're trying to stop. She's trying to open up the portal for something so big it could consume galaxies. Is that Cthulhu? Cthulhu? Uh, no, I don't know what this thing's name is. Or the one who sleeps. 
Honestly, I can't say. I'm sure the oracles will be able to help you. I'd just go around picking up people and hunting down creatures like this. We're honestly the last bastion of hope here. Anyone else who deals with these things, their minds just snap. They can't handle dealing with these monsters. With these symbols on our left hand, it's the only thing keeping us sane. So how are we winning then, we as in you guys? Luck? Perseverance? Honestly, we had a few really lucky breaks. We found two of their fortresses and took them down right away, and there's one that Dorm still has. She has it hidden somewhere, and we can't find it. Wait, you with the crazy hair that looks like bread. Did you also get attacked by one of these two? Who, me? Yeah. No, no, it was a church and my, uh, manager. Your manager? I got new management. What's that? You know, representation. Why would you need representation? Now, aren't you, like, good enough to represent yourself? I'm a pretty big deal. Do you need somebody else? When you're good enough, you don't represent yourself. Mmm, I see... Wait, so you got killed by some church. Was it the Church of the Shining God? Yeah, you heard of them too? Are you a member? No, of course not. There's some offshoot cult that's been worshipping these things that have been attacking everybody. Wait, you got a fucking necklace of theirs right around your neck. That's theirs. Yeah, I joined. What? Wait, what? He just sits down defeated. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm dealing with this on my own. That big explosion back there? That was the elves. They had bombs inside them. They were slave soldiers from their world, and when their heart stops, they explode. And two of you, of course, are getting hunted by the most powerful members of the enemy army, and another one has a fucking medallion around his neck of the cult. This isn't good. What do we do now? Honestly, I've been employed with this army for about a year, so I don't know. Let's try to get some rest. I'm exhausted. You could all probably use some sleep. There's bedrolls over there, and there's some rations over in the kitchen. They don't taste great, but they'll get the job done. And you'll probably all start noticing new abilities. It's friendly symbols. They don't manifest right away, but they're a little hard to control, but you'll get used to it, I'm sure. Yeah, I do feel stronger for whatever reason. It'll become more clear as you get more used to it. Do you feel the strange energy coursing through my hand? We don't exactly know what these symbols are linked to, either. We don't know if it's a god or some more powerful creature. We've just all been calling it the higher power. Well, we should probably rest up, get some food in our stomachs. One of us should maybe keep guard, just in case any of these monstrosities happen to come by. They can't break through that ward, don't worry. Very well. So he gathers the bedrolls and starts handing them out to you guys and quickly goes to show you where the rations are kept and then he lays down his bedroll and begins taking off his armor to lay down. Okay, I look for, uh, like, a bucket or something that I could create water, too. Yeah, you find one. Okay, so I create water myself. Being royalty, I'm sort of used to trying to get poisoned. So, I mean, it's not like that I'm not going to drink or eat. It's just uh, if I can help, at least with water, I'll just create it myself and drink it. I'm going to sit in a corner and meditate. Okay, and what about you, Ronnie and MZ? I'm going to dig into those rations. It's just stuff like some hardtack, dried out meats, and some dried out fruits. Yeah, I'll eat as much as I can and rest. Okay, so do all of you go to sleep, or is somebody keeping watch? I'm going to sleep. Ronnie passes out fast. I can keep watch. Before going to bed, I'll 
I'll do like a quick prayer to see how strong is my connection with God. You feel it very strongly, as if you're on your own world. Okay. All of you are sleeping while MZ is taking watch, I take it. Kelsar, are you meditating and then getting some rest? Yes. Okay. So, MZ, I need you to make me a perception check. I have a plus five in that. Thirteen, so that's eighteen. So you peer out the window, and you feel light vibrations, like something big is walking out there. You see this massive creature step partially into the light. It's about nine feet tall, and it looks like a giant gorilla with its skin removed. And instead of a head, there's just a stump. This fleshy beast leans forward on its tree trunk arms and end in clawed hands, and you see right in its chest there's this human head that's just laughing and chattering and biting down really hard on its own teeth. And we're in a lit up cabin right now? Yeah, you see when it starts coming up to the cabin, this lit up circle appears around the cabin, and it reaches out tentatively and sparks fly off its hand. It pulls its hand back and puts it back down. Walking up beside this creature, you see this older man in shabby gray robes. His skin looks like it's stretched too tight over his face, and his brown eyes stare towards you as he strokes his bristly gray beard. You see him put his hand on the creature, and with your high perception rule, you see him mouth the words, Not tonight. And he turns and looks you right in the eyes. I'm gonna guess that's the ghoulish one. It looks very similar to what happened at Zinn when he made that deal, except the eyes aren't a yellow color, they're brown. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll just stare back at him. So he stands there for a minute or two looking at you, and then he pats the arm of this giant creature, and this great beast turns around and the both of them start walking away, and you feel the vibrations go once more through the ground. That's scary. (laughs) Who has next watch? Well, I can do that, since I was sort of concerned anyway. So, yeah, I'll take the next watch. As we're making the switch, I'll just kind of say to him, be careful, there's something out there. Well, and we are just like trapped in here. So, I don't know what we could do, even if it gets inside the house. But thank you. Borodon, while you're taking watch, make me a perception check. Okay, so I got 13 in total. As you're keeping watch and you're looking out into the darkness, you see figures every now and then moving in the trees or moving around the cabin, and you see sparks fly off the side of the circle surrounding you, but you never actually get to see anyone closely, though you do hear the hisses and strange distant Okay. So the rest of your watch is peaceful, and Garlix comes and takes the next watch after you so you're able to get some sleep. You guys all sleep through the rest of the night, and as you wake up, you hear the birds chirping, and it's quite serene. You look over, you see Garlix is getting out a bunch of rations for all of you, and setting up a few plates for people to eat at. Thank you, Garlix. Well, I'm sorry your night before was so crazy, and apparently the day before as well. That's fine. I mean, my day before was being killed. So, waking up alive today, I'm happy. Um, I mean, as happy as I could be, being in another world. I'm, uh, I'm gonna step outside and take in what's, what I'm seeing for the first time in my life. My character's never, like, he's grown up in, just underground, he's never seen, like, trees or the, the sun before, and he's taking in the beauty of the, of the leaves of the trees and the shine from the sun, the dew. 
these are all new sensations for you. The most you had was that synthetic environment that they created for you. Taking it all in. The smell of fresh air. Ronnie, make me a constitution saving throw. Oh. You don't feel great, but you don't feel terrible. You could probably use a drink, but it's so early in the morning, you're just not sure why anyone's up. You also have one pack of cigarettes, but being in this medieval world, you're not sure where you're going to get your next one. Is there a grog in this medieval world? You don't know. Oh, man. Uh, hey, Elfman, anything to drink around here? Uh, he's a half-orc. Oh, sorry, half-orc. Uh, yeah, there should be some wineskins kicking around. So he looks around the cabin, and he comes back with a couple of wineskins, and he throws one your way. Are uh, you sure you should be drinking this early? Early? It's like 9.45. You know what? You've been through some shit, so I'm just going to give you that one. Yeah, just, just just pass me this wine as well. I'll probably need it. Yeah, he hands out the rest for people just to drink while he's talking to them. Alright, people, so here's the thing. Headquarters is situated in Sanctuary. It's a pretty large coastal city. And the government there has agreed to help us out, though the civilians are a little unruly about the whole situation. They think we bring these things there, which we kind of do. So that's about ten days away. Luckily, about five days away, there's the small farming village of Geldspar. There we can hit up the tavern, have a good hot meal, get some rest, and sleep in an actual bed. Okay, sounds good. Opinions, everyone. I mean, we're not going to get back outside and uh, try to get back to our worlds right now. So seems like uh, Garlax knows better what we're supposed to do. I'm sure the oracles can help you out more with that. I mean, getting back to our own world, that's the main goal. Everybody wants that. After we're done this war, we get to go home. Man, I don't want to be here either. Just going out into the woods, there's a hundred things that want to murder you or enslave you. What I actually question is, are we really going to go back to our worlds? In a sense of, like, they brought us here, but what if they say that we'll have to keep fighting? It's like their fight. It's not our fight. I don't know. Technically, it's our fight, too, because if we lose, all our worlds are gone. That's what they are saying. So that's the thing, right? They could be lying to us. What choice do we have for it? Good point. I do agree with with that, yeah. But still, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, whatever we'll have to do in order to go back home, I wish we can do that as fast as we can. You know, like complete this quest or finish this war, whatever. Because my, my kingdom, they really need me there. My family. Well, we're coming up near the end of this war, so you might be lucky. Well, thanks. We all have places to be boarded, but we also have to consider the consequences if we don't finish this mission. Which are what they're telling us. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a lie. I'm just saying that it may be not as true as what you're saying. Maybe they'll just have us here forever. I don't know a whole lot about this magic stuff, but I know there are also wizards that are just in this world that can travel places. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm sure you could talk to one of them. Or if you want to bring this up to the oracles, maybe they can help arrange something for you. Sure. 
I have heard of other people going out and trying to talk to these wizards and sort out something on their own, but I really haven't heard of any success. These symbols seem to lock us in here, and I have a feeling it has something to do with Dorum and her portal. Okay, and I have to keep my part of the bargain as well, because I'm here alive because of them. I'm just concerned about what's true and what's not, that's all. Yeah. Look, I know I've been telling you guys a lot of things, and there's a lot of information going on, but I got one last thing for you. So in this world, there's something going on, whatever this thing is on our hands, it doesn't let us die. When we die, this thing, it eats a bit of you. It grows up your arm, up your torso when you die again, and if you die three times, you become a creature. Like one of those things we've been fighting and you are strong and that is not an enemy we want to have so just try not to die <laughs> oh, thanks for the tip well I guess this is the beginning of your newfound adventure and quest I hope you're all ready for whatever it is we're going to be facing out there these dangers are not going to get easier and these spooky ass things they're just going to get worse you're going to have a lot of strong people at your back, and we're going to get through this. Thank you for your assistance. I don't like way. Thank you. We would be, we would all be uh, dead if it weren't for you. I just led you to the cabin. I'm just glad I could help. Well, shall we? Well, looks like we have a few competing personalities, doesn't it? Let's see if Borodon's level-headedness will take them through, or if Emzy's drive will take them on a path that they have not seen yet. I wonder what Kelsar and Ronnie will also bring to the table. Although it really seems like Ronnie's just gonna go along for the ride. We will now get back to our regular scheduling of two weeks. So join me in two weeks' time, and I shall present to you the Ballad of the Chosen Few's next episode, The Hunt, Part 1. Yes, there are numerous parts, because it went on for a little bit. If you wish to find more of my thoughts streaming on the Nethersphere, you may find me at Ballad7Dice. And if you wish to follow me on Facebook, you can find me at Ballad of the Seven Dice. I shall see you again soon, travelers. I bid you adieu.